0: Welcome to the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast, featuring Ted Ings and his distinguished guests. Each week, you'll gain valuable insights to level up your game in retail automotive's fixed operations. This episode is brought to you by BG Products, partners beyond products. And now, here's Ted Ames. welcome back to the fixed ops roundtable it is a great honor that we have with us today as keynote speaker eliana raggio from digital airstrike and women in automotive she took the fixed ops Roundtable roaring 20s event by storm with her discussion on allyship it is a great privilege to have her as our keynote speaker eliana welcome back to the fixed ops Roundtable.
1: oh it's my pleasure to be here ted and thank you so much for having me and i am thrilled that we have an audience today to talk about allyship. So if it's okay, I'll get started.
0: Great, and we're here to learn, because I learned a lot from you in September, a lot of the differences about allyship that I did not know. So with that, my friend, take it away.
1: Thank you so much, Ted. And thank you so much for being here, everyone. Um, So we are going to be talking about allyship, but I thought it was important to also first distinguish allyship from mentorship. There is a difference, they're not the same. But the, you know what, for those of you who are serious about finding true success in your career, I mean, you really should look into both. They both bring something wonderfully different. and Both have the potential to make a huge impact for you. So first, we're just gonna spend a few minutes on mentorship. So what is mentorship? Mentorship is a relationship in which a more knowledgeable or experienced person, a mentor, guides and nurtures the professional development or growth of another, a mentee. And and this could be outside of the normal manager subordinate arrangement. So mentors offer direct one-on-one advice. They offer guidance and coaching. And, you know, they could be a great sounding board for mentees. They can help you make career decisions. They can work through a challenge with you. They could be a great role model for you to emulate. So mentoring is as much about counseling as it is transferring knowledge and leadership skills. And the most effective mentors can clarify a mentee's goals, assess the path the mentee is on, and then guide that person onto the right track. Now, I I found this great study by my good friends over at Harvard. I love Harvard. So Harvard Business Journal surveyed CEOs who have formal mentoring arrangements. And the results, they're very telling. 71% of the CEOs that were surveyed said they were certain that their company performance had improved as a result of mentoring. And 69% reported that they were making better decisions and more than anything else, I need you to hear this, 84% of those CEOs that were surveyed credited their mentors with helping them avoid costly mistakes and becoming more proficient in their roles faster. Now, there are many places you can get involved in a mentorship program. Certainly, you can check out the robust mentorship program that we have at Women in Automotive for a start. But I just want you to know, there's lots of upside to having a mentor. Additionally, there are great benefits to being a mentor as well. So, um, Ted, I don't know if you know this or not, but I recently had the pleasure of emceeing a mentorship panel and a speed mentoring session at the recent Women in Automotive event in Las Vegas. And we asked each of the mentors why, why would they want to do that? I mean, what were they getting out of being a mentor? And honestly, I was blown away by the answers. I mean, they talked about paying it forward and giving back and how they loved watching others succeed and also how mentoring others was part of their legacy um, and how they were in a lot of ways more proud of the success of their mentees than any of their own personal successes. And honestly, it was just so wonderful to hear. And also so wonderful for the mentees that were in the room to hear as well. So if you're thinking about being a mentor, I mean, take it from others who've already done it. It is extremely rewarding. And if you're convinced that you should find a mentor for yourself, well, here's a few things to keep in mind. Number one, your mentor's time is valuable. So treat it that way. So Avoid meeting just to catch up or asking questions that you could probably find the answers to yourself. Instead, come prepared with thoughtful questions and be ready to discuss real challenges that you're currently facing. Do more listening than talking. And don't forget that once you've taken all that input in, report back to them on your progress. So when you meet with your mentor, some things that you can talk about with your mentor might be like the similarities and differences between your current roles. Um, your strengths and weaknesses. You could talk about the challenges that you face in your day-to-day, the goals for your career, obviously. And then, you know, also you could talk about the skills that you wanna develop and maybe what's holding you back from obtaining those skills, you know? Um, Another thing that you should know about when you have a mentor is you should view, open and honest feedback as a gift. Solicit feedback whenever you can by asking specific questions like, how can I improve? And what am I not doing that I should be doing? And you know, the more you ask for and accept your mentor's feedback, the faster you'll learn, the faster you'll grow, and the faster you'll advance in your career. And the third thing I would say is, you know, it would be very wise of you to build trust with your mentor because over time, mentors can develop into sponsors or allies who use their status and clout and they might create opportunities for you and make connections for you and before your mentor will be that sponsor or that ally for you they need to trust you and that that you're reliable and that you are a bet worth making so always follow through on what you say that you're going to do and always do your very best work and when you're consistent over time you're going to build that valuable trust with your mentor and you're going to earn their allyship so that they'll advocate for you and provide an even further investment in your success so now I want you to know that there are key differences between mentorship and sponsorship, and they both focus on fast-tracking a person's career growth. But, you know, mentors are, are, while valuable, they play a different role than a sponsor or an ally. We're gonna get into that, but mentors provide coaching and guidance, but they aren't necessarily in a position of influence that can help a person get ahead at work. By contrast, allies and sponsors, they are strong, consistent advocates for others, that have positions of power and influence and can directly provide job opportunities or lobby on another's behalf. A mentor is a person who gives a protege advice, answers questions, strategizes career moves and professional development. But an ally or a sponsor is someone who promotes a protege to other people to help advance the protege's career. An easier way to remember the difference is this. Mentors talk to you. Allies and sponsors talk about you. To powerful people when you aren't in the room. So now it's time to talk about allyship. And in doing even more research on the topic, I learned very happily, of course, that the word allyship was actually named the 2021 word of the year by dictionary.com. You can see it there on the screen right now. See the, the little orange thing. And if you go to dictionary.com and you click on that orange band, it'll actually take you to a whole nother page on why they chose allyship as their word of the year. I want to let you know, I found out it marks the first time ever that a brand new word was chosen as the word of the year by dictionary.com. So if you've never heard of it or used it before, guess what? You're probably not alone. All right. So what is allyship as you can see on the screen?
0: And that's me, Ed, Al- I had you. not, I had not been aware of that word until Aliana Raggio came along and talked to the fixed ops round table just in September. So I learned a whole lot and I'm taking great notes right now.
1: <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> All right. So the definition, definition is on the screen. I'm not going to read it to you. You can obviously see it for yourself. But, you know, it's descriptive of an alliance to fight societal injustice in order to promote diversity, equity and inclusion. But, you know, you could also look at it as simply a state or condition of being an ally, an advocate, a benefactor, and holding a supportive association with another person to see them benefit from your actions. So allyship as, and we'll discuss sponsorship too in a bit, because they all kind of go together, you know, they're they're both different from mentorship because what we're talking about is a relationship between two people where one of them has some kind of authority, political capital, personal influence, or something like that, that they can use to help another one in their career development or to obtain a career advancement. So a sponsor or an ally is an individual who can open up opportunities for you. I mean, they're not only more experienced than you, but they can actually lift you to a higher level in the company or in your career. And it can include talking to you about job opportunities or nominating you for boards or projects or advocating for your advancement to senior leaders or decision makers. Now, I quickly told a story on my last appearance on Fixed Ops Roundtable, as you'll remember, Ted, Um, But it bears repeating because it's an absolutely perfect example of allyship. And the story was about Williamina Fleming. She was a single mom who worked as a maid in the house of Harvard professor Edward Charles Pickering. And in 1881, Pickering became frustrated with his male assistants at the Harvard College Observatory. And according to legend, famously declared that his maid could do a better job. Now, Williamina, she had no formal training of any kind. And in fact... Harvard had no female students at the time. No colleges did. Harvard was actually going to be the first college to admit women, but it wasn't until 40 years later in 1920. But in 1881, Professor Pickering saw something special in her, and he hired Fleming anyway. And during her career, she helped develop a common designation system for stars that's still used today. She personally cataloged thousands of stars and other astronomical wonders and She had several career achievements that advanced astronomy, not the least of which was her discovery of the Horsehead Nebula in 1888. But I want you to take a second and just imagine, if you could, what the thought process was for him to select her for that opportunity. I mean, it went against all social conventions. It was unheard of. Can you imagine what it was like for Wilhelmina too? I mean, it's shocking to everyone that she was even in the building let alone that she held a position of such high caliber. And honestly, I'm waiting for Hollywood to make up it into a movie. I mean, come on, Hollywood, pick up the pace. This is a great story. I'm seeing Emily Blunt and Anthony Hopkins in this. I'm ready to see this play out on the big screen. You let us know, audience, who you th- think should play these two in a, in a, in a movie, because I think this is a great story. And quite honestly, um, I just think it's amazing that she went from being a maid to becoming an astronomer at Harvard Observatory. Uh, I'm going to ask you, could she have done that without Professor Pickering speaking up for her and advocating for her and giving her the opportunity that she didn't even know was available to her? (laughs) Heck no! And that's why it's a perfect example of allyship. And speaking of allyship, I myself would not be here today giving this keynote on allyship had I not had an ally of my own, because dear Ted Ings didn't know who the heck I was, until Lisette Gold from Google sung my praises as a presenter and included me on that panel on the last Fixed Ops Roundtable. And I'll be honest, I've emceed, I've presented, I've moderated more times than I can count, but I have never in my career done a keynote presentation. And this is a first for me in my career, and it's because of Lisette, and I'm so thankful for my ally. Hi, Lisette, and thank you to Ted Ings for giving me this opportunity as well, because you know what? Everyone needs an ally. And if you're really lucky, you have more than one, maybe several. Wouldn't that be awesome? Ted, wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> Big time. Now, even in the year 2022, whether we want to admit it or not, gender, race, ethnicity, religion, disability, sexual orientation, one of these, some of these, all of these, they are among the many factors that can affect our success. It's a hard truth. But, but, and I want all of you to really hear me right now, we have the power within each of us to be allies for those who face discrimination. Allyship in your organization can level the playing field and provide opportunities and advancement to those who might otherwise be overlooked. Because at the end of the day, it's simply not enough to recruit people from diverse backgrounds. You have to also have a focus on setting them up for success in their careers and roles, just like Edward did for Williamina. You can get rid of that slide, by the way, now. Um, Allyship is important in closing the gender inequality gap. It's important to remove racial bias and unlocking hidden talent right within your own organization. It'll help you improve retention and it'll even boost a company's productivity. And all of that, in turn, is gonna improve profit and company culture, and it's also gonna be an employer's attractiveness to other potential hires. It is literally a win-win. So, the question is, how can you be an ally in the workplace? Uh, You know what? There's a number of things you can do. First, familiarize yourself about gender and racial bias. Learn more about people from different backgrounds. Be a staunch supporter of equal opportunity employment and fair career growth. Understand the complex issues that minorities and marginalized or politicized groups face. Honor each other's achievements while also advocating for others' ideas and opinions. And when you can, expose sexist, racist, inappropriate, and wholly unprofessional remarks or practices. Allyship is proof that an individual has the ability to do what organizational policies may miss, advocating for the underappreciated and making processes fairer and more equitable. It's up to each of us to speak up, extend opportunities and challenge the status quo. You in? I know I am. Being a strong ally or sponsor will ensure those who might otherwise slip through the organizational cracks are supported, guided and elevated into roles that challenge them to grow and reach their full potential. And this is where sponsorship comes in. Because a sponsor is someone in the workplace who will advocate for you and has a vested interest in seeing your career grow. So just how important are sponsors in the workplace? As it turns out, those who have a sponsor are paid an average 11.6% more than those who do not, according to new research from Payscale Inc. And, you know, it's probably not surprising, but for men, it's a 12.3% bump Mm -hmm. in pay compared to women at 10.2%. But still, that's a sizable uh, difference from an employee with no sponsor at all. I know I'd like to be paid 11% more just because I have a sponsor. So the next question is, how do you find yourself a sponsor in your organization? And for that, I'm going to refer to an incredible TED Talk by this amazing woman. She's a business executive at Morgan Stanley Carla Harris, and she talks about why people not only need a sponsor, they also need a mentor. You know, But the sponsor is important because the sponsor is going to be the person who's going to speak on your behalf in the top level, closed door meetings that you are not invited to. That person can't be a mentor because a mentor's job, remember, is to give you advice tailored specifically to you and to your career aspirations. Instead, you need a person that's carrying your interest. Whereas Carla liked to say, Carrying your paper into the room. A person who is spending their valuable, political, and social capital on you. A person is going to pound the table on your behalf and get it done behind closed doors. That is a sponsor. And she goes on to talk about performance currency and relationship currency. And performance currency is how well you do at your job. And most businesses are meritocracies. And this is when you put your head down, you work hard, you put up great numbers, and people will notice you and and you'll move up the corporate ladder. Performance currency is valuable because it raises your level of visibility in the environment. and may get you noticed by a possible sponsor, but just putting your head down and working hard and hoping you'll get noticed, it's just not enough sometimes. And that's why you also need relationship currency, the currency that is generated by the investments that you make in the people in your environment so that they use their hard-earned, political, influential currency on your behalf. And, you know, they have to know you and your capabilities. And they also have to have a seat at that decision making table. And you're going to need both performance and relationship currencies to gain a sponsor. Because let's be honest, no one is going to get go to bat for you unless they have connected with you and engaged with you and know that you're a competent and capable, high potential employee who shows initiative, hard work and determination to succeed. So winning a sponsor is not always easy. But there are steps that you can take that will help. First, make sure your contributions are noticed. Be vocal about your ideas and your contributions. And if you can, try to be the one who presents them to senior executives. Next, network and form a good working relationship by solving problems for your team and helping others and putting yourself in for projects, especially with people you haven't collaborated with before. If you're ready to take on a new project on your own, hey, go for it. But if you don't feel ready, then shadow or support someone else who has been assigned a similar project and then put your hand up for the next opportunity. Another way to get noticed by a potential sponsor is by simply asking, what more can I do to help? And you know what? You may hear nothing in in response to that question the first 10 times that you ask it. But you know what? That 11th time, you may be asked to help on a research project which might give you a new opportunity to demonstrate your value. And then from that point, you might be the go-to person on special projects. And then you'll definitely be noticed as a noteworthy employee. And this might lead to taking on a bigger role or maybe even expanded role that senior colleagues now trust your opinions. Listen, finding yourself a sponsor is a lucrative endeavor and one of the most critical things that you can do to advance your career. But you also have to know how to be a good protege. So let's cover that next. First, have conversations that are as much about how you can help drive the business as it is about your own personal aspirations. Realize that the responsibility of your success is your own. So hold yourself accountable for everything that happens or doesn't happen. And at the same time, be fully appreciative of whatever help your sponsor can provide. Because after all, the sponsor is someone who can provide visibility and speak up for you at the right time, but it's still up to you to earn that promotion. And next, focus on being visible and vocal and building a reputation as an ambitious, highly skilled part of the team. Make sure you have a substantial track record of performance that you can build on, because a sponsor is always assessing whether to put your reputation, I'm sorry, whether to put their reputation on the line and go to bat for you. So give them plenty of reasons to think that you're a go-getter rock star that deserves their attention and support. And once they're on your side and want to help, be very clear on what you want for yourself. Now, conversely, if you're ready to get more involved in advocating for coworkers, to see them reach higher levels of success, let's review ways that you to be a good sponsor. First, become a vocal fan and a collaborative champion. Get to know your colleagues' strengths and weaknesses. Help them develop as leaders and challenge and encourage them. And then tout their abilities and achievements whenever new projects or stretch assignments or promotions are discussed. Nominate people on the basis of their potential without expecting them to prove that they could do a job in advance. Introduce them to key players in your professional networks to open up an even broader set of opportunities for them like Lissette Gold recently did for me. And be the kind of ally who notices talented people and nurtures their success. It doesn't even have to be overt. It could be very subtle. Like um, you might make a world of difference in the trajectory of a person's career by saying something very, very simple, like make sure you're at this event. or or make sure you speak up on this topic and say this, or make sure that you ask about such and such. Oh, you know what? I heard about a deal that's happening at so-and-so, and and I'm going to make sure this person knows that you're interested. These are all things that could, they're very, very tiny on your part. It could make a big difference to them. And finally, I want to go back to that amazing TED Talk with Carla Harris I spoke of earlier, because she ended her talk by saying, and I'm quoting here, A word to the would-be sponsors that are in the room. If you've been invited into the room and you have a seat at the table, you have a responsibility to speak. If someone is worthy of your currency, spend it. One thing I've learned is that the way to grow your power is to give it away, and your voice is at the heart. Honestly, if you haven't seen the TED Talk, you really got to go and Google it. So, over the past 20 minutes or so, we've discussed mentorship, allyship, and sponsorship. And I hope that you've either made up your mind to find a mentor, ally, or sponsor for yourself, or or, that you might be a mentor, ally, or sponsor to others. Yes, it does take a special kind of person to use their voice like that. And, and most people have never thought of putting themselves out there like that, to mentor someone or advocate on their behalf. But doing so might change the course of someone's life for the better. And I want you to just take a second and just imagine if you were that person. Thank you for your time.
0: Eliana, what a great message, especially at this time of year. And I think the leaders here today, I'd like everyone to challenge themselves. Um, What a great gift. Maybe the greatest gift uh, that you could give is that, that gift of sponsorship, allyship, and we all have a responsibility as leaders in the retail automotive industry, uh, whether it's uh, the women in automotive, whether it's uh, in fixed operations, fixed ops roundtable, regardless where it is, um, we can all be that person. So Eliana, uh, I think this is going to go down as maybe better than that TED Talk, and I thank you today for uh, inspiring us and getting us started. Everybody, um, what a great message from Eliana Raggio, um, digital airstrike. Eliana, women in automotive, and you're right, uh, Lizette said yeah. you've got to hear this message from Eliana, and uh, she's so right.
1: Thank you so much, Ted. You honor me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, my 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 fellow friend from New Jersey, I want to <laughs> wish you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. and uh, And to you as well and the best in all and uh, hope you come back and uh, visit with us again here in the new year and uh, uh, congratulations to you and all the success you're having.
1: Thank you, sir. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how much money we raise for the leukemia association. So thank you so much for doing that. And I I love what you're doing here. I've been a big fan of yours for a long time. And you say the word and I will come back anytime you need me, Ted.
0: Well, you know what? And that's another inspiration to our audience. Uh, The QR code is on the screen. You can donate now to the Dare to Dream Project at the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So thank you very much. Eliana Raggio here today at the Fixed Ops Roundtable.
1: Thank you, everyone.